Software as a medical device, also referred to as SAMD, is one of the fastest growing innovations in the medical device industry. As with any technology that experiences rapid adoption, challenges related to intellectual property protection often follow. In this series, we take a close look at IP considerations that SAMD developers should be aware of as they enter this market. Today, we'll explore IP challenges related to the branding of SAMDs. Finnegan attorneys Margaret Eskinay and Beth Farrell join us now. Now, Beth, what is software as a medical device? The FDA defines software as a medical device as software that's intended to be used for one or more medical purposes that performs these purposes without being part of a hardware medical device. It's important to remember that the FDA's definition is closely tied to the types of software that the FDA plans to regulate as a medical device. Some examples of software that the FDA plans to regulate include treatment planning software, software that actually monitors a patient's medical condition, or software that assists a medical professional in diagnosing a condition. The FDA does not plan to regulate embedded software or firmware that's used to drive or control a medical device, and the FDA does not plan to regulate software that performs administrative functions, such as encrypting data for transmission or administering electronic electronic patient records. Keeping in mind that the FDA's definition may change at some point, we think it's important to be cognizant of many issues related to software generally, not just under the FDA's current definition. As a result, in this podcast series, we will not be limiting ourselves only to a discussion strictly based on the FDA's definition. Instead, we think it's important for everyone to understand IP issues that may impact this space in general. Margaret, when branding and trademarking an SAMD, how do manufacturers balance Food and Drug Administration requirements and U.S. Patent and Trademark Office requirements? Both the FDA and the USPTO have a say in the consumer-facing name of medical product. So where you are having the consumer name, the trademark that you're going to market the product with, you really want to look at both FDA regulations as well as USPTO requirements. With the FDA, you can't be too close to other FDA-regulated goods and services. The FDA wants to make sure that your name is not too close to another name so that there's no confusion among patients and there's no confusion among medical professionals. The USPTO has a different view on the issue. While they are also concerned with consumer confusion, they are less focused on medical professional confusion, and they're going to look at what else is registered in your field of use, either software or the medical field, and see if there's anything on the register that conflicts with your proposed name. And the best way to handle that is to know and realize that both of the agencies are going to be looking at the name and try to create several options for yourself that you can propose to both the FDA and the USPTO at the same time so that you have some options down the road when the FDA approves your product and you can then move forward with the PTO and get a name there. It does happen occasionally where one agency approves a name and the other agency doesn't, and there are strategies to use to manage that process. Beth, what options do SAMD developers have to protect the appearance of their products beyond traditional trademarks? 
One of the things that's really important to understand about software as a medical device is that patients are going to be using this software on a daily basis. And in many senses, they will come to develop a type of personal relationship with that software. As a result, it's really important for developers to consider securing protection for the software's look and feel. In addition to trademarks, this process of protecting look and feel can also be done through design patents. Many people consider design patents only for protecting three-dimensional articles, but actually there are a growing body of design patents that protect user interfaces. This may include both icons and static user interface layouts on a screen, but it may also include dynamic user interfaces. And the way to think about this is how does the user interface react when a user does something, such as dismissing a window or making a selection. And in that way, the particular software is going to develop its own look and feel. I think folks are generally familiar with this when they think about how using an iPhone is different than using an Android phone. And in those situations, it may be important to protect those differences with design patents. It's also important to remember, though, that unlike trademarks, you only have one year from your own disclosure of your design in order to protect it in the United States, and grace periods vary worldwide. So it's important to think about this protection before you publicly disclose your design. Margaret, what are the limitations of copyright protections in the SAMD space? Software generally is protected by copyright. That is both the source code and the user interface that is generated by that source code can be protected. However, the idea or the purpose of the software is not protected by copyright, nor is the functionality, nor are any of the algorithms that underscore the software and its functionality. And so, you can't use copyright to protect the conceptual functionality of the software. And so somebody, a competitor, can create a competing product so long as they don't copy your source code and so long as they don't have a user interface that is identical or substantially similar to your user interface. So while it's important to consider the protections available under copyright for both the code and the user interface, it's also important to take a look at potential other protections such as patents, such as trademarks, to create a system of rights or an umbrella of rights in the event that a third party doesn't touch the source code but potentially creates a product that has a similar look and feel or a similar trademark to the product that you've created. And finally, Margaret, what software considerations should SAMD developers be aware of? There are rights that are sort of related to IP rights, but not directly IP rights that I think are important to consider. The first is your software using privacy by design? Is it complying with the various rules regarding medical privacy requirements that are enacted both by the federal and state governments? And then there's also issues of open source and whether and how to incorporate open source into your product in a way that is not going to compromise your rights in the product. Our guests have been Margaret Eskine and Beth Farrell, attorneys at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com.
www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan. <laughs>